welcome to another electrifying episode of Sequel Pitch, the podcast where film friends watch and review a movie and then battle it out as we pitch ideas for a sequel. I am the grand podmaster Andy Henry and battling it out to impress me and become my champion are my two fighters. One is made of rocks, but don't be afraid of them unless you're a pair of scissors. It's Rock Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, bro. How you doing? And a man who finally found the time to come on the podcast he helped create. Please welcome back to the podcast, the Viking XL, Matt Rushton. Whee. We're friends from work. He's back. <laughs> hey, guys. I missed you. Drew realized he couldn't win against both these competitors, so decided to go on holiday with his family instead. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> <laughs> we are all big Marvel fans of Sequel Bitch, and we couldn't be more excited for the new Thor movie that's coming out shortly, so we thought we would try to get Kevin Feige's attention uh, by showing him what he could have had if he actually returned one of our many e emails what we've been spamming him. <laughs> but before we pitch ideas for poor Thor... <laughs> poor Thor? <laughs> poor Thor, 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 Thor. But before we pitch ideas for Poor Saw Thor 4, that would have been my title, <laughs> let me quickly run through Thor Ragnarok and what the pitches are working from. So after a battle with the fire demon Surtur, Thor finds Loki as being, has been posing as their father. After they find Odin, he dies, releasing their imprisoned sister Hela, the goddess of death, played by Kate Blanchett, who finds her way to Asgard and quickly defeats the army, and all of Thor's friends that we spent so much time getting to know. Ah. Oh. Thor and Loki are stranded on a garbage planet where they meet new friends such as Meek, Korg, and a former Asgardian warrior named Valkyrie, played by Tessa Thompson, uh, and new enemies such as the Grandmaster, played by Jeff Goldblum, who is in charge of this planet and forces Thor to fight his champion, the Hulk. Uh, eventually, Thor, Loki, Hulk, and Valkyrie make their way to Asgard, and as they fight Hela's army, Thor finds his way and fights Hela. Knowing he can't beat her and learning Asgard is more than just a place, Asgard is a people, he tells Loki to release Surtur, who performs Ragnarok, and destroys Asgard, killing, we presume, Hela. Just want to say we didn't see a body. Thor, Loki, Hulk and Valkyrie and a small number of survivors leave on the ship before Asgard blows up and we end with Thor being pronounced the new king of Asgard and they think everything will be fine until a large spacecraft, which we now know belongs to Thanos, blocks their way. God that was actually it. pretty good, Andy. Ooh. You did. Uh... I know. It was pretty close to a minute, if I was to yeah. say. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. impressed with that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, thank you very much. We're learning. Well, good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Oh, okay, we've got more. We've got more. Right, let's go around. Ross, quick thoughts uh, to, to, to open with them. Uh, I love this movie. I think it's really good. Mm. They went it like after the disappointing Thor Dark World, they <laughs> needed to do something totally different, and they did. They Luckily, mm. they got Taika Waititi involved in this, and he. Yeah, he he put his own spin on it and it really worked for me. And I really enjoy the performances and the comedy as well. And it is very good. Um, yeah, and like, yeah, the, the performance, like you can tell that Chris Hemsworth's having fun in the role and like yeah. he's much more settled as this type of, of Thor. And I think it works really well because, you know, it is, he is a ridiculous character. And the yeah. more you play into that and the more you go, yeah, this is ridiculous. Like, it really works. I can't remember the lady's name that plays the Valkyrie. Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson. Her yeah. accent for me is a little bit... <laughs> like, yeah. she's good, but they're, they're, it feels like I'm doing a uh, enunciated British accent. Yeah. But it doesn't really like that bother me that much. And it's just got a lot of very good 
comical moments, but I'll talk about that later. Yeah, so yeah, very good movie for me. <laughs> Matt, welcome back. Thank you very what much. Thoughts? Yeah, like absolutely echoing what Ross says. Like for me, this epitomizes what a Marvel comic would be like in a visual form. Yeah. Like yeah, it's yeah. lighthearted. There's plenty of action and color. Like the coloring's so so well done in this movie. So clever. Um Taika Watiti, like for me, I'll hold my hands up. This was like the first time really that it appeared on my radar. And I was just like, fuck, how have I not watched Taika Watiti films and really appreciated them before? Mm. But yeah, like I, I there's not really much more to put in than what Ross said. It's a bloody brilliant comic book movie and it took what was like it pains me to say it as someone who wishes he was thor but like the <laughs> franchise was so weak at the end of dark world and like i yeah. genuinely had fears for where they were going to take it yeah. and then waititi has taken it from like perhaps the weakest probably the weakest of the narratives to by yeah. far one of the strongest at sure, the stage it came sure, out definitely well, let's talk about that because I, th I don't know if everyone knows the story of how Thor changed from the Shakespearean second Thor, I guess, into the third one. Do you guys know about this? It's well, yeah, it's like, done by Kenneth. If, well, the second is the second one Kenneth Branagh, or is the first one Kenneth Branagh? No, just the first. But yeah. the, the, the the character switch, yeah. basically, of how and why he had his hair cut and, and everything like that. Uh, and if I if I'm remembering right, like it was like a it was like a Kevin Smith podcast or something where. He was like Kevin Smith was saying like oh they need to do something with Thor they need to like basically cut his hair and make him funny because Chris Hemsworth funny Chris Hemsworth then took that to like Kevin Feige and said let's try something and that's what uh, that's kind of how it started and how they kind of went yeah I'm pretty sure that's that's kind of uh, I don't think there's anything like proper in in writing but I think I'm pretty sure that's how it uh, happened but this like it's definitely a great switch for the character yeah it definitely brings out a lot. I'll, you know, one of the big criticisms I hear about this film is that it's made, now made Thor a bit too dumb, or it's not—he's not not serious with kind of being um, uh, as serious as the first one. But yeah, just more—is he a bit sillier, a bit more taken advantage of, or just no? But I think I think it works. You play into the the fact that it's—he's a fucking Asgardian god. Like mm. you play into the fact that he's like about. <laughs> 5,000 years old and he hasn't met any proper humans he's all just everyone loves him and then when he and I think I think they hit the comedy on the head like I don't think there's it's too much making him look like stupid because it, you've got the performance of Chris Hemsworth to give those heartfelt moments like when he meets uh, Odin and stuff in yeah and like you've mm -hmm. got those moments so you got the. I think it's a well balanced. I think it's for me. It's well balanced. The last time, if I think in order, basically we saw Thor two. There wasn't anything between Thor three that we saw Thor in. So the jump from two to three. Well, was we see him in. Yeah, we see him in Ultron. But he's he's still basically old Thor then. I right, think they I give it. him a little bit of comedy in Infinity War. No, uh, that's off. That's after. They have comedy in like so with oh, yeah. think with yeah. Ultron we have the scene with him and Stark flexing on their partners and stuff and they're talking about Portman and Paltrow mm. and their respective roles obviously they weren't in that movie <laughs> and he, yeah. he he's kind of he always had one liners I think what we kind of get from this is is rather than becoming more stupid he's become more worldly and he's like 
he tries, I think, to fit in sometimes where he's just so obviously can't. Like mm, he is yeah. that he's a god, and yet he tries to be like <laughs> one with the people, and they're just like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, and like he. Yeah. For me, yeah, I don't think that they dumb him down at all. Like, if anything, what they do is enhance Loki's character a bit more by doing like they properly play into the brains and the brawn. Which, yeah. when they are on the same side rather than fighting each other, you need to see more of that because you need to have some real character differentiation. And you know, the little bits that they do, like in the lift, and they're like, let's play get help. Like, mm. it's still fun. If anything, like he's. Even though he is 5,000 years old, he's still got this young, very ignorant to the ways of the world in some ways. He's been yeah. privileged. He's properly, mm. you know, golden spoon fed, let alone silver spoon fed. Like, he's had a very lucky and luxurious, luxurious life. And then suddenly yeah. he's in the pits of hell. Like, yeah. he's got to go through the devil's arsehole to get, <laughs> to get out of this place. Like, you know, so... yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think they do him injustice at all. It's a big thing I just hear a lot about the movie. They're like, oh, yeah, it's great. It's funnier. It's more like light. It's more enjoyable for more people and stuff. But they do. And I'm kind of a little bit on board. It'd be interesting to watch, actually, the whole Marvel Universe in in order. You didn't do that in lockdown? Like, what were you (laughs) doing during the pandemic? That's what I did three times when Disney Plus came out. (laughs) Well, to be fair, I still haven't made it through Thor 2 yet. I always get about 20 minutes, half an hour in. I'm like, oh, no, no. So it'd be hard to watch that. But, like, I'm a little bit on board. I think the the, the jump is a little bit too big for me, maybe, to, like, give this, like, a... I'm, like, obviously going to give this a very high rating. But, like, not, like, a... Is say there's nothing wrong, I think, with this film as well. So it's very easy, I think, to give this film like five stars. But I think that jumped. If they had, if Thor two at the end was a bit more, or if we saw him, but he doesn't. I don't know. Yeah, he doesn't. Can uh, he's not around people a lot as well to so be to be so infected by us. I don't know. It was a bit of a stretch for me, but it, it's still it, it's still. I wonder if, and this comes back to kind of what you said about the Kevin Smith podcast. I wonder mm. if when he took it to Faggy and they. Disney must have known that there was something wrong with that franchise, with the yeah. film franchise, yeah. because of what happened. So I wonder if they just went, you know what, just fuck it. There's no, we don't need to explain anything because, quite frankly, no one wants to know what happened after Thor two. Mm. Because, good God, no one wants to know Thor two. <laughs> so I wonder if a part of it was just them going, you know what, let's just carry on because you know everything from the title credits were so different. Like they were so bold, so eighties. Like it feels like a movie unto itself in some areas, and I wonder if that is more intentional for that very reason. That they're like, just forget about what you've seen about Thor before. This is Thor. This, this, this what is, you're seeing now is, the... is and forget will two. remain Thor. You got one and and three. I mean, like I love the ti- the the pre-titles where he's fighting Surtur and stuff, and we see I, don't, I can't remember what's called where he spins his hammer around and stuff. To be honest, that first five minutes is better than the whole of Thor two. So. The That's 30 minutes of, um, you've seen. <laughs> the 30 minutes I've seen, definitely, yeah. But yeah, I would say, yeah, talk about a start for a movie that you want to kind of get across what this movie is going to be about. That's a perfect way. You've got humor, you've got like a great fight scene, like intense, you've obviously the set up the music. hero. The music. The music, yeah. The yeah. Like, the, like, the style when you see the Thor sign and yeah, just like you get a feel that this is going to be, this is going to be a different Thor. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I- Let's talk. Should we talk about some of the characters as well? Quickly get over with the first. Is this the first or second cameo by Matt Damon? Yeah, there's so many cameo. There's there's him. There's Sam Neil as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who's who's um? Oh, and the the other Liam, Hemsworth brother. Liam Hemsworth. Yeah. 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 
They did good. Scourge to be like, uh, like his his redemption or his arc. What, Carl Urban. Yeah, Carl Urban. I mean, yeah. to be fair, like I don't think I saw him in. He's I don't know if charming's the right word. It kind of is in certain bits. I didn't think he could pull off that kind of performance. Again, I don't think I saw him in a. Uh, I mean, he's in just a, a grunt, a, a... isn't he? He's not really... Yeah, but you do kind of buy him and he feels bad. And then when he comes back with Dez and Troy at the end, when he's kind of like gunning them down, <laughs> I was a bit like, yeah, even though I've seen this so many times. Yeah, I was like, yeah, go on, destroy. Destroy. <laughs> yeah, man, that was... Uh, I really like that. The only thing in the in the movie is they do quite a lot, is they do that thing where you're expecting them to do something and then they counteract it with a comedic, a comedic moment. Like, yeah, yeah. like the throwing the ball against the window and you think it's going to yeah. break and then it hits him. Or like Bruce uh, Banner. Bruce Banner? Yeah. Bruce yeah. Banner uh, saying like, you know, to he's going to turn into the Hulk and then he just lands on the, on the Bifrost, like <laughs> on the thing, which is funny. But like yeah. they do it quite a lot. But it does... It wasn't too much for me, but I could see how, like, after a bit, you're just like, okay, there's another bit where they've done that. Okay, there's another bit where they've done that. But yeah. I think it's just subverting what we... Uh, I think that's why the comedy works, because you expect it to be like a generic Marvel movie with all mm. those things where it's all, you know... But then they subvert it. I think Ta- Taika Waititi mm-hmm. is very good at subverting what we're expecting to see in the... And, and bringing out the comedy in that, which I think is really good. I don't know, however, why the fuck they put Doctor Strange in there. I was like, why is Doctor Strange in there? Well, this was back when he didn't have a movie, I don't think. No, he did. His his was out before, wasn't it? Oh, okay. Well, it was just a tease. Again, it's what I think fans like myself like, where they're like, yeah, all these heroes just meet each other. And at first, they're a little bit like, what's going on? Are we going to fight? And then they're like, no, let's get a beer. Yeah. So um, I quite like that. A bit maybe, uh, like time-wise, it was two hours in the end. They, they could have cut that, but, you know, we got some good... We got I'm Falling for 30 minutes. I mean... Yeah, yeah, that's, that's funny. If we, got, if we cut that scene, we would have cut that great line. Um, but, no, I thought, I thought it was fine. Jeff Goldblum's um, amazing, and... Uh, yeah, of his, course. This um, is, they basically just said, be a little bit, you know, be 90% yourself. And I don't know what the, uh, lay, the actress's name is. The uh oh, well, his bodyguard is yeah. great Tessa. Yeah. yeah, she no not she his body not the not Tessa, the the, the bodyguard. Oh the, the right hand. Yeah, yeah, she's she's been in a few of his movies and she's in Moana as well. Um yeah. she was really good when she was yeah, when she was going, uh he's a douche or something <laughs> or whatever, and he's like, What no, why would I say no? What do, what no, do we what uh, do we call her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> bitch or something. And it's yeah. like the best no i don't i don't yeah. call it i call her the best <laughs> yeah, yeah. um and what about what about uh Helen? do we think she's a good villain you don't really see much of her really yeah mm, that's why i'm kind of like I, I, in the synopsis i was like oh i kind of like even though she's basically dead uh it would she'd be a great villain to have back and kind of like almost wasted uh on just the one movie her power came from asgard so I wouldn't That's fully big... write her off, you know. Like Kate yeah. Blanchett yeah. is too big. Either, either contractually she was so fucking expensive that they couldn't have her in more of the movie, yeah. Or they've maybe mm. got other plans. Like Marvel don't mm. necessarily do things like everything seems to have intention. So the fact that she's been downplayed, mm. perhaps there is something brewing, or they properly know, did she's... it just to really give Thor the hero complex again. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think she's one and one and done. But I say now, I think if they did this, she would have had maybe not her own spinoff, but a bit more because she's got, she could have had a great backstory and developed and stuff when we learn about like her and Odin and Loki season two, mate. She's going to be back. Loki season two. She's going to be up there alongside the brother. That could be, that could be (laughs) I I had a thought though. I had a thought when she, when we learned that Hela's power comes from Asgard. So you've got to destroy Asgard, kill Hela. And then at the end of the film, we learn a really sweet lesson that Asgard isn't a, isn't a place, it's a people. So when they said that, like, halfway through the film, I was like, shit, what, is, is Act 3 going to be Thor just murdering every Asgardian? <laughs> because if Asgard is the, the people, then you're like, oh, sh- this is, oh, oh, sorry, guys, but, you know. Lovely little scene as well. I really <laughs> like the scene with where he meets up with Odin again uh, in that after he mm-hmm. loses his eye yeah oh you're not you're, you're not the god of hammers scene. yeah yeah, that's, yeah it's a nice. good line like you know you're not the god um, of hammers when the hulk is in the quinjet and he sees nat mm-hmm. yeah very, i thought that was a great like the music the acting the cgi the way he was hulking in and out yeah that was that was well good and stuff and i was a bit like oh again it'd be great to see it in in a in the timeline and and in order just because i've forgotten how long it's been probably well he says two years but like watching it how long it would feel before you've seen uh, Natasha again. And then so, obviously you've got the fucking awesome soundtrack of, you know, when he, he's got the fucking mm-hmm. thunder power on the yeah. on the bridge and it's... It's my birthday! It's my birthday! That's one thing... So one thing I didn't like about this film, and I wonder if it's for a reason, is it's the little, little like, electric tag that's basically put on him and he can't get out. Um, And he is... So he, he's getting shocked, but, like, he's the god of thunder slash lightning. But is this basic? And he gets he gets shocked and he gets basic, uh, you know, uh, taken out and he can't. He's disabled basically. He can't move. So is and he can't control that. Is that because he's not the god of thunder yet? So no, I, then, I, I assume it's just affecting his muscles where they he can't I, move. I, yeah. You see, like I, some I, like, blue like veins come up on your neck yeah. when it's activated. I I just thought if he was a god and it's as far as we know, as far as I know, it's just electricity and especially if he's like the god of lightning or whatever. Um, but, I don't know. You have, yeah, to, you have to ask. It took it out. I, I like. I like. The, I like. The, I like my idea that it's just not because he's the god of thunder properly yet, but he takes it out like two two thirds way through the film, so he doesn't he doesn't need to. But if that yeah. works. That's for the only. You. Yeah, that's the only real complaint I got about this film. I was like, yeah, so many. I love so many that's your one complaint about this. Just had to get it in, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Nothing's yeah. always gotta get man. Always. I've been gone for three months and nothing's changed. <laughs> <laughs> What did uh what did Drew think of the movie? Yes. Well, Drew, should we uh, wrap up and give scores then? Does anyone else want to point out anything? I mean, apart from funny lines and great scenes which we could go on all day about anything else that you proper want to point out. The action is still really fucking cool in it. Yeah. Like, it's mm. like that fu- the arena fight is meant like epic scale exactly what you want from Thor and uh, Hulk fighting. Then you get onto the Rainbow Bridge again and, you know, you see the fight in there. Nice little moment seeing Heimdall and whatnot. I feel like Idris Elba's character never really got, like, his golden moment, but you're constantly yeah. reminded of him and he's constantly there just giving you positive vibes from it all. Like, like yeah, there's nothing more really to add, but the action is it's worth noting in the scene with Halle, like, you know, if Kate Blanchett only gets one fight scene or two fight scenes, and one of them is her basically wiping out the entire army of Asgard yeah. with some slick fucking blade throwing and what have you. Like, yeah, that was yeah. good. They're really cool moments that often get overlooked because of the humor and whatnot. 
but it's mm. still very much an action fantasy film as well. Yeah. Nice. What's your score, Matt? My score is... Oh, I'll go put this the, for me, there's only one film that could ever score a perfect score from any superhero film at the moment. Mm. Um, so I can't quite give it the five stars, but I'm going to give it 4.8 genuine tears of pain watching him get his hair cut every time I watch it because oh, if that yeah. happened to me, I'd cry for weeks. Um, 4.8 tears of pain out of five. How long is your hair now? Uh, down to my tits. <clears throat> All right, past, past <laughs> the nipple now. I could go full Lady, Div- Lady Godiva, I reckon. <laughs> that is your tits. Wow, amazing. Uh, Ross, final thoughts in school. Great movie, great cast, great performances, great comedy, great reinvigorating of a French, uh, of a superhero that, yeah, like Matt said, was the not as popular as some of the others um and really and really like shot chris hemsworth into the stratosphere with his comedy like you know he got lots of jobs off of this off the back of this you know like ghostbusters and stuff like that um and yeah i think it's great um so for me because it's because it's great i'm gonna give it five um oh. when i was a boy um i used to really love snakes and uh <laughs> I, went and, well, I saw a snake once and i i picked it up and um and loki knew that i like snakes and he he disguised himself as a snake and uh, as i picked it up loki came out and he went ah and then he stabbed me uh, <laughs> we, we, we were eight years old out of five yeah amazing Thank that's you. my amazing. favorite fucking bit of it. it's just so it's just the comedy of like him doing saying the story and then him just going yeah and then and then he stabbed me yeah. i think it's a great uh a great uh snapshot of the new thor if you're going to say like what's the new thor show him that bit because it's it's still like his his shakespearean tone and stuff and it's quite serious to the end but then it's, yeah. bleh, he turns to his face and he smiles, and it's quite funny so yeah it's 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 good all around yeah so wow perfect five all right yeah Drew said, this is great fun. Surprisingly successful at reinventing Thor and having it feel uh, sort of coherent and how the character was before, but is such a tonal whiplash to go from here to Infinity War, Thor. Uh, so my point uh, five taken off is because while I, sl- while I love the movie, I, ha- uh, I think if I had to dial back Thor being a moron by about 20%, mm, see, we talked about that, uh, it would have been better, but he's still giving it 4.5. Mm, um, now, I wish he was here because I would go... I wouldn't say that just because it like Infinity Wars after it, you should judge it on what films are the film that's not even out when you've watched this. Yeah, I think yeah. I I think he might have meant uh, from Thor two to three, like just that jump, rather than maybe mm, right. uh, to, to fin- an infin- infin- Infinity War. Mediator I, I is Drew. Wait yeah. till you're yeah. black boy. Yeah, wait, you, you wait. <laughs> um. Yeah. Hey, mine. I can't say much much more apart from my score which i'm gonna give uh just because thor is a little bit too much uh for me uh 4.75 so still absolutely amazing great film probably maybe in my top maybe in my top five it's it's got to be around six if not Mm. so um yeah definitely definitely change things around uh so that brings the total score to 4.76 a complete and utter recommendation from us over here at the podcast sequel pitch. Uh, right, now it's time where my fighters will pitch me their ideas for Thor 4. 
who will become my champion and who will end up the new Doug. <laughs> right, let's start off. Let's, uh, let's start off with Ross and Matt gets the swing of it. All righty. Mine is called Thor, the Ballad of Beta Ray Bill. Oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whilst exploring the universe with the Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor comes across a planet that is trying to flee from a celestial, and a new Marvel character is introduced and wants revenge. Ooh. So we open the movie, and Thor is doing like a catch-up voiceover thing of what the Guardians and him have been doing. We see in a montage scene them fighting, having like ship battles, him doing training, like maybe exercising with a decapitated giant's head or something. And in brackets, yes, I know it's in the current Love and Thunder, but I wanted him to be sexy. And that's the only time that I want him to be sexy. So so maybe also have little bits in the montage of him constantly battling with Star-Lord, like him switching or switch and then Star-Lord turning it off or something. I don't know. Anyway, the voiceover ends uh, with... And now we're we're here. Uh, and then we see Thor in a uh, futuristic bar telling an unconscious drunk this story. So it's kind of like he was telling this uh, catch up to this drunk person. The next portion of this uh, movie, well, the opening, is the Guardians and Thor are trying to locate a wanted man in a bar. Anyway, something goes wrong. There is a bar fight and the wanted man gets away. So they, they give chase. Insert opening fun chase scene <laughs> through futuristic city with lots of classic what he what hijinks it's easy for me to say <laughs> what hijinks that needs its own verb doesn't it i thought yeah, you were yeah. choking there man i got worried <laughs> yeah, jesus yeah. <laughs> so anyway they managed to track the person down but somehow thor is separated from the guardians and now this would be cool if like Star-Lord has a chance to save Thor from being separated, but chooses not to. So like maybe like a uh, tiny little okay. heel turn from Star-Lord that we could explore in Guardians 3 maybe. So like, you know, he like puts his hand out and says, come get me. And then he like lets go of his hand or something like something like that. Um, anyway, Thor's left on this planet. Maybe he has some fun scenes of him trying to get off the planet, i.e., doing a mundane mundane job to pay for a ship or him stealing a ship or something. I don't know. Uh, he gets off the planet, starts journeying through the galaxy and ends up hearing a distress call from a planet Corbin, not Baron Corbin, asking for anyone to help. Thor, being a hero, goes to the planet, finds out that the Corbinites are being evacuated because a celestial is coming through the Earth, obviously like the uh, Eternals, and will destroy the planet. He meets B- Beta Ray Bill, a champion that the Corbinites have chosen to lead them to a new world. If uh, you like any backstory on Beta Ray Bill, please feel free to ask me at the end. Uh, this portion of the film needs really to set up B- Beta Ray Bill and his backstory. There is going to be some comedy as Beta Ray Bill looks like a bestial carnivorous horse with a skull-like appearance. So Thor could be reacting with some comedy, maybe asking him if all of him is a horse, implying about his cock. Um, (laughs) Anyway, Thor tells him that there's nothing he can do and he's only got a small ship. Um, Beta Ray tries to get him to kill the Celestial, so maybe Thor tries, but it's too late and the Celestial destroys the planet uh, after it's born. 
Uh, Beta Ray and Thor survive. Now, I was thinking maybe uh, there could be some survivors like that got off the planet, but I don't know yet. Um, they end up um, landing on a nearby... Uh, sorry, hold on. Uh, yes, they, so they survive. And then there's like a chase scene as Beta Ray vows revenge on Thor because he's like really pissed off at Thor that he didn't help or that uh, he didn't succeed. Uh, they end up on a lava planet uh, nearby. They Mustafa. Fight. Yeah, yeah, it's basically Mustafa. They fight each other. Beta Ray almost overpowers Thor using Stormbreaker after he uh, caught it off Thor. Uh, but Thor manages to talk Beta Ray down. Uh, Beta Ray build down. Uh, there is like a talking scene and Beta Ray talks about how he's let his people down and he will never be able to live it down uh thor promises he will find a way to destroy the celestial for him thor then sees an image of his father much like the scene in thor ragnarok they have a heart-to-heart proper like change of pace odin tells thor that his weapon is not quite powerful enough to destroy a celestial yet he must seek out Etri. uh so they go they both go to Etri. <laughs> Um, what? Nothing. Carry on. Are you going to say he's dead? (laughs) If he's dead, then they go to another person. No, never mind. Okay. Uh, And they learn that the Stormbreaker can pierce the armor of the Celestials, but it needs to be enchanted with Thor's blood. They uh, also see that Eitri is working on trying to fix Milnir as well, but he can't seem to work, can't seem to like do it. But then, when Beta Ray touches it, there's a huge crack of electricity and blinding light. As their eyes adjust, they can see Milnir is back together. Eitri says, he is worthy. Um, we learn that in brackets, this is in brackets, we learn that he, the enchantment that Odin put on the hammer caused itself to re- be reforged when a worthy wielder touched it. Um, now, both of them fly to fight the Celestial. There's a big end boss fight. Both get knocked the crap out of, but Thor manages to pierce its armor and Beta Ray deals the killing blow. They chat after uh, and Beta Ray Bill goes to give Milner back, but Thor tells him to keep it as he is worthy. And they say their goodbyes. Spin-off movie? Ooh. Uh, Thor is now about to fly Ooh. off when all of a sudden there is a shimmering of light and suddenly Star Fox appears and says... Who uh sorry, Thor says, Who are you? To which Eros replies, I'm Thanos' brother. Then before he gets time to react, the Eternals appear behind him and they say, We need your help. End of movie. Post credit scene, we see the uh oh. Yeah, we see the Tower of Sakar and the heads of all their champions, including Beta Ray Bill. And in brackets, that's actually true. Go back and watch it. There is actually Beta Ray Bill's head on one of the uh, uh, as one of the champions, and sitting in Grandmaster's chair is Beta Ray Bill. The end. Oh, okay. Ooh. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. And what was this called? The Ballad of Beta Ray. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. Is the is Beta Ray going to be much different to the comics? Because when you when you say uh, got a horse backstory and stuff, what is it? Yeah, do you know what? So what? What is a little bit of his his history or? So he is a. That's going to be necessary to this. There's. It's going to be necessary to this film. Yeah, yeah. So in the actual comics, the same sort of thing happened. They basically, they're like cyborgs, genetically like 
made into into these people, these Corbinites, and basically their planet is about to be destroyed. Mm. But not by the Celestial, by, um, I think it's Galactus, I think. I can't remember. Yeah. And anyway, they want to employ, they employ uh, one of their champions to help them find a new homeworld. And yeah, they employ um, Beta Ray Bill. Well, they don't employ him. They, they make him the champion to help. And then basically there's a whole thing with Thor. But my story is kind of a bit different. I I lend some bits from it, but then I changed quite a bit. Sure. Um. But yeah, he's like they're like he said, like they're weird, like horse people, kind of like bo- weird Scully ho- bo- Bojack Horseman people, <laughs> which I think would be quite funny in a Thor movie to have. Maybe a played by Baron bo- Corbin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of their like who they are yeah the race of people yeah. they're called the corbinites okay okay yeah uh my other question or want you to explain more uh is just thor's journey throughout the film what we've learned through films like Ms. doubtfire is you don't always need a message characters don't need to always learn a lesson uh if it's an enjoyable and, and great film so if there's as i say if there's no if he doesn't learn a lesson or anything like that that's fine but is there does he have a journey on this film or was it him just trying to kind of get get back? I don't really know. I think like the journey is maybe like him becoming friends with this. Like that's what the end of this I want to be is that Beta Ray Bill and him are friends. Yeah. If I had more time, I would show that, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that that's, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think there's too much of a journey, but I don't think it needs it that much. Yeah, be fair. Like he's already lost his fucking. He's already lost his dad. <laughs> the entirety of Asgard. His hammer, um, sister, yeah, yeah, brother, yeah. Uh, fucking everyone. So yeah. I just think, let him have a light movie. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, I think that uh, that this would be a very, relatively light movie with some touching moments, though. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, brilliant stuff. All right then, uh, Matt. Hi. Feeling rusty. Feeling nervous. Yeah, big time. Both. <laughs> What's your title in Little Blue? So my original title, which I kind of wish I'd kept now, was mm. Thorsome, which is T4-O-R-S-O-M, but I didn't really know how I was going to... I don't really know I was going to put much meat into that. Hey, hey, meat, meat, penises. So I decided to go for instead Thor, colon, Thor-warped. So it's Thor-warped. Thorpe. Yeah, it's worth knowing. <laughs> the warped, the warped, exactly. It's just so you, it's Thor warped instead, <laughs> but the warped is relevant, and you'll see why. Okay. So Go. Thor faces a quandary. He and the Guardians are off saving the universe and pissing off old and new enemies, whilst old and new threats are coming for Asgard. Mm. Oh, ready? Yeah, man. Oh, so I'm just going straight in then. So we open <laughs> with Rocky Horror's Time Warp playing over a montage of Thor and the Guardians kicking ass. <laughs> Thor is getting more and more in shape with each clip. Absolutely not copying <laughs> Ross. Absolutely not copying Love and Thunder. But, you know, we all need sexy Chris in here. Um, it helps with ticket sales. So, of yeah. course, we're going to get him buffed out again. Mm. He'll probably keep the long hair there. I think, I think he needs long hair, so that's going to stay. Um, 
They return, so they capture a bunch of enemies and they return all of them to Xandar where they're then processed. Xandar's back where obviously they reverse Thanos. So Xandar's still a place and still exists. They're they're processed there and they're just locked up and, you know, it's inserting a bunch of like C-list Marvel villains and cameos. Um, The credits roll, Thor, Thor warped. And we're on the on the bridge of the Benatar, the ship that um they've been rocking and rolling in. You can tell they're all getting on really well. They're good buds. There's definitely still that sexual tension. I mean, that tension between Quill and Thor, um, where they you know they're flexing yeah. over who's got the power, who's who's captain. But you can see the aesthetics interior of the ship, like it's just a bunch of like Asgardian decor and you know very kind of very over the top so you get the impression that this is Thor's ship now from nowhere a warning alarm interrupts and in flies the sovereign fleet behind this new kind of golden warship this warship's giving off proper like big dick energy I've put it as (laughs) there comes a hijack and we reveal Adam Warlock who is in the big dick ship um we're keeping Will Poulter as that casting because I'm well up for that from there, we insert a Ross-style 15-minute chase scene. Because hey. I love it so much. Um, and yeah, they, they get boarded. The Guardians all get captured. But in all the fray, Thor manages to escape on one of the Sovereign ships. He kind of uses his thunder power and electrifies it. And he kind of sinks up to it. So he's able to fly the thing manually. Um, <laughs> he puts in some coordinates for Xandar to go and get some aid. But as he's doing so, we kind of see him flying through the portals. Like, as he's doing it, over his shoulder, we see this, like, crack of purple light filling the sky. Um, and he watches as it's kind of like time itself and space seems to be splitting and tearing. Uh, but, of course, he's carrying on through the portal, so it's kind of watching it behind him the whole time. Uh, right. He finally makes it to Xandar, and he lands, and he's greeted by just a bunch of blank stares. And he's like, hey, guys, it's, it's Thor of, you know, Thor and the Guardians. And everyone's just kind of looking at him. They haven't got a fucking clue who he is. It's a funny scene. There's funny jokes about how he's dressed and what have you. Thor gets quite dejected and he ends up quite confused by it all. From nowhere, then he has his little telekinetic moment with Heimdall, who's like, Asgard needs him to be teleported back onto the ship. So off he goes. He flies through a Bifrost gateway that they've built on the big ship. And it's got its own like little rainbow bridge leading up to it. It's really cool. It's really nice. Uh, he's greeted by Idris Elba by Heimdall. Uh, he's very much alive. Thor squeezes him. He hugs him really tight. Heimdall's just really confused. More jokes again, probably. Um, and we find out through Heimdall that Loki's returned and commandeered the bridge. Thor's in shock. So, of course, his brother's back. Why is he commandeering the bridge? He rushes over there. And, yeah, it's Tom Hiddleston back as Loki, um, who, again, is likewise rather shocked to see Thor. And at the, at the same time, very typical uh, YTTism moment here. They're like, but you're dead. And there's a really funny, awkward bit. Um, so yeah, you probably worked out by now. Thor's gone through into another dimension. We're going into multiverse here. And there's quite a few differences. So Loki did betray Thor to Thanos at the time in this version. And because oh. of that, like weirdly because of it, Thanos kind of went, oh, you guys, you're, you're pathetic. So he doesn't bother cleaning off half of uh half of asgard he leaves him to it but to prove that he's um you know to prove that he's with thanos loki does have to kill Thor, which he does so that's why he's like oh but you're dead and yeah like the, the typical thor is like well, well 
he's clearly not the real Thor then if he died to the hands of you. <laughs> like, he doesn't think much of him. <laughs> so the meat of this movie, first Thor has to save Asgard from Loki uh, and kind of save them all from imploding. Obviously, we've still got a bit of a dark Loki here. He helps to save him and his soul, perhaps, whatever. Uh, and just as that settles, Ares, who is a notorious Thor villain from the comics, and the Olympians... Ares is played by like 300 physique Gerard Butler as well by the way so he's just there and he's just all oily muscle Um, and yeah they rock up they try and take over the ship because they want their own interstellar arena Uh, and there's lots of kind of sweaty muscly guy jokes and fights and stuff Um, oh yeah also (laughs) Thor because he wants more than just um, I can't remember the name of the axe um, he then goes and picks up Dead Thor's Mjolnir and he's like, well, yeah, he's going to need it. And he, obviously he's still worthy in this dimension. <laughs> so he has Mjolnir back as well. So maybe he's like dual wielding. You know, he nice. can fight with the axe. Yeah. He snaps a bit of the axe <laughs> handle so it's a bit smaller. Ooh. He's just dual wielding on Ares. Eventually, obviously, he'll beat Ares. So the the movie, actually, we, we kind of deal with the Ares bit. We end on like a disgusting cliffhanger that's going to piss everybody off, but in the best <laughs> possible way. Um, so the movie ends. <laughs> Thor says goodbye to other Asgard. He's redeemed Loki. Ares and the code, they either hang around and protect the ship or they probably fuck off because we'll probably see him again in another movie. Um, yeah, and he has to dimension, he manages to dimension warp uh, because the reason that I got a bit angry earlier is because I had a whole thing about he goes to Eatree to get a device <laughs> built that allows him to travel through the multiverse. But nah. anyway, it's fine. Um, and he dimension walks right up to Sovereign, where the whole fucking fleet is awaiting him. So and that's that's where the credits roll. Um, yeah. And yeah, essentially, I, I haven't put in my post-credit scene. I do apologize. But what I've said is the Guardians 3 will essentially pick up kind of halfway through Thor. So the bit where Thor breaks away, we see the first half of Guardians 3 is them captured and what happens to them at Sovereign and how you know they end up mm. escaping. And then we kind of join it halfway through and Thor arrives at Sovereign after the Guardians have escaped and they're yeah. just waiting for him. They've got wind that he's coming. They've picked up his sensors. And then the second half of the movie is kind of the Guardians saving Thor from Sovereign. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Very nice, very nice. Um, let's talk about your villains then. Talk to me about um, how Thor saves this dimension's Loki, and then Ares, what he's doing there, why, and and what and uh, how that comes to to an end. So I was trying to think of which Loki I'd have taken from the Loki TV series to make this on, and I couldn't quite decide. Uh, I kind of get the feeling of the bunker Loki, Tom Hiddleston, where they're fighting mm. and stuff, and mm. um. I kind of feel like it's his kind of Loki that's there. So like he's not purely evil. He's just a bit more of a prick. Um, <laughs> and because he was so much stronger than his Thor, like he's got this real complex. So suddenly meeting um, the six on six Thor who beats him down and he overpowers him. And obviously he's got the big, what is it? Oathbreak. What's the axe name? Stormbreaker. Thank you. Stormbreaker. Obviously, this Loki isn't prepared for that, and he gets beaten. He kind of learns from him, but Thor's te- like he's explaining, like, "Look, I don't want to be. Look, I'm not here to be king. You can be king. Just be a good king. Don't be a dick." 
Like, so he kind of teaches him some moral lessons and Heimdall's alive. So, you know, he kind of teaches him maybe Heimdall and perhaps the four horsemen are there and they're still alive. Maybe we can bring them back as well. Um, so yeah, I must admit, like, I, I just, we have way too many good characters to not abuse them where we can, um, in <laughs> the Thor franchise. So that's why a lot of them are returning. And then, yeah, Ares, like, he's a really cool, again, he's godlike character. Um, he's someone we haven't seen in the 616 branch of the timeline. So this is someone that we can bring in that's new, but we could repeat elsewhere. I just had this vision of, I don't know why I was envisioning Gerard Butler in 300 so much recently, but clearly... It would stuck. work, but why, why, is he, why is he there? Because like... He, like he's a powerful Roman god. Like he's a kind of another branch of the gods and the Olympians. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they are an adversary that appears regularly through the comics. Um, so he never is kind of like, there's never a story arc where he is the main villain but he is a regular thorn in Thor's side and the Olympians fight, you know, Zeus and Ares and Hercules, those guys, they all fight a lot with, um, with uh, Odin and Thor and Loki and uh, the Asgardians. So kind of, we know there's a bit of news about perhaps that's going to be happening with Russell Crowe cast, Russell Crowe cast and Zeus things like that so i just kind of wanted to pull a little bit of that in before we see the big time roll out of it later down the actual franchise okay okay then so now is the time when my fighters will fight not only for my vote but for my heart <laughs> fighters choose your weapon to pull you off into victory <laughs> you will fight until one of you jumps into the air and lands on the other rendering rendering them unconscious in one corner, we have Ross with his Thor and Beta Ray Bill's magical journey pitch, and in the other, we have Matt's Thor and the one verse of madness. Fighters, fight! Just pick mine. Well, Done. <laughs> I think, you know, I, I, I wanted to link it to the Celestials and it be a bigger thing and have Star Fox in it at the end as well to set up, you know, a Thor team up with the Eternals as well. And whether, you know, whether or not Star Fox is going to be pissed off that he's killed his brother or not, whether he wanted his brother to die, who knows? Uh, we'll figure that out in the Eternals too. But like, I, I really wanted to just have a sort of kind of like a buddy. Yes, uh, I wanted to have a new, um, like a new sort of bad guy. Well, not bad guy, but a misunderstood bad guy. And I think you can get a lot of comedy from a horse-faced uh, skull <laughs> skull person. Uh, so I think and it would work well in the story. Um, Matt's I mean, is you good. can... Go on. No, no, no. Yeah. I was just going to counter your point straight away. <laughs> I, I, I'm waiting to hear about how good mine is. I know how good mine is. <laughs> I will yeah, just Matt's... say on that. No, I'm talking about yours right now. You, I have got a point to make. <laughs> uh, no. Matt's been waiting for this for three months. <laughs> I am fired up, man. I've got some testosterone built up. Um, all I'll say on that is we have moved Thor away from a Guardians buddy movie to an Eternals buddy movie. Um, so, you know, perhaps like it's a shame that then the Guardians movie that's going to come out before Eternals 2 is probably not going to have Thor in, or perhaps it does, or perhaps it doesn't, or it's going to have them all in, and then it's kind of the Guardians and the Eternals and the Avengers spin-off franchisee mashup. 
but you know whatever you you make it work you you've got the big visions um i do like the idea of how's uh how's Thanos's brother gonna be with thor but yeah i don't know if that can that can allow me to uh go on this journey with you and <laughs> i feel like yeah i feel like beta a bill i like some of the things you're doing with it but uh i don't know is this just gonna be a bit of a loving um i don't know i feel like <laughs> we're missing quite a few key components of a Thor film which mine definitely offers with the fact that i've basically brought back a lot of the good qualities of a Thor movie <laughs> because while some people want them dead i don't and so many more don't want them dead so yeah but then welcome. it doesn't mean any their deaths don't mean anything no in the real world marvel has true, ever meant true. anything until endgame well yeah but like then you're like you're like oh no it, it feels very span service of yours like to just bring them all back it's multiverse we're laying some multiverse yeah. tracks here because we i know. know full well in this case there were there were millions of other Iron Mans that were alive. We're just not telling ourselves that. Yeah. Like ultimately, Loki's still alive. We've seen him so many times since anyway. So I'm only I'm not really bringing him back. Marvel have done that for me ages ago. Yeah. And Heimdall's just a nice little touch because fuck me, it's Idris Elba, man. Why don't you want Idris Elba in your movies? Because <laughs> huh? he's dead. Huh? He got killed. Dead. <laughs> God um, damn it. <laughs> it's just I I worry that with it's not too bad yours, but like Thanks. you know with. <laughs> Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It it turned into a little bit of a, you know the the bring it, the 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 characters that were brought into that were a little bit fan servicey ish, and I worry that yours could lean into that more. But you know, I like it. I get it. I've not seen. I must. Admit, I hold my hand up. I've still not seen Multiverse of Madness, so I don't know how much it does lean into it. I apologize, listeners, if mine does do that. What <laughs> no, no, I would say I mean... is, at least mine's got some multiverse in there. I feel like you're moving very much like I'm. Just going to ignore what's happening in the grand scheme of Marvel right now because it's just about the, the story. Because the space thing is more about like because. Thor's now with the Guardians, which is in space. But you don't want him with the Guardians. Well, yeah, he's with them for a bit, (laughs) and then he gets betrayed by Star-Lord, which could end up being something in Guardians 3. You never know. I like that bit. I'll give you that. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Uh, But yeah, I think you've got two good movies there Mm -hmm. to pick from. All right. All right. Ding, ding, ding. That's endless. Um... Yeah, two interesting, interesting movies. Um, I like how you've both taken on. Obviously, you've gone with this. I'm guessing uh, Taika is going to be both your directors. Yeah, cool. So, yeah, so we're going to have. Is that Matt? You going for that? Not, not that's a bad thing. It just it felt like it's going to be a Taika. Uh, oh, YTT. absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of comedy um, yeah. in mine. Um, and YTTisms. Yeah. I think we have to we have so, to trademark that, mm, Ross. You're definitely it's, right. It's... We need a verb for YTT moments <laughs> in a film, and it's a YTTism. Yeah. So I can having that in my head, I can definitely see a lot of your ideas and stuff, and it makes it hard because I, I do like it, and they're both um, they're both interesting stories. Matt, I like your uh, I, uh, your uh, chance to have sealess cameos, whether they actually come back later in Marvel Universe or not. I don't really care. I think it'd just be quite funny to go like, oh, well, they could be that. They person. definitely arrest Howard the Duck just for the sake of the fact that I love yeah, it. Yeah, have, he him, turns have up, him in there. He's definitely yeah, one funny. of the fuckers that they capture. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit. I, I, the, the one thing I'm struggling with yours is your like. Who am I? Joke and this. I wonder if it would last the whole movie, or if it might get a bit tedious after a while. Um, I both have like the flexing you both do with uh, Star Lord, and it's obviously um, funny. Uh, Ross, I like the yeah. Maybe this misunderstand misunderstood villain 
Um, and um, I'm not too sure about uh, Star Lord's heel turn. If it, if it was solved in the in the same movie, I think it would be all right. But leading on to another one might be a bit. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, two very difficult ones to decide with. But I've made my decision. Hold your breath. <gasps> it's Ross no, just by a hair. I'm not coming back. <laughs> I think we could do something quite interesting with uh, this relationship with him and Beta Ray, and I could definitely see that coming more into films and stuff like that. And um, yeah, Matt, really, I did. To be fair, I liked yours. The only thing was like an hour in, and when he meets Loki or something, and it's again that's it. Oh, you know, you know, but still very, very hard to decide between the two. But there you go, Ross. Well done. A victory for you. Yay. Nicely done. Yay. Nicely done. So, Ross, why don't you tell our fine listeners what we will be pitching next episode? Okay, you are going to be pitching me a wonderful animation. Ooh. We are Ooh. going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about Bruno. We're going to talk no. about Encanto, <laughs> uh, the 2021 <laughs> Family fantasy animation God. musical. Ooh, uh, so feel free to write any songs that you have, as we did mm. for. Uh, I think it was Moana. I think I did Moana, and he, yeah, uh, you did yeah. actually as well. Yeah, I think it was a few songs that, or titles that some of us maybe wrote. So yeah, I'll see if I can bring out the old guitar. Yeah, and, if you uh, want to bring the guitar. But yeah, yeah, there you go. Pitch me sequels to Encanto. Encanto, twenty twenty one. So Ooh. is there a se- is there talks of a sequel on the horizon of Encanto? Maybe. Or? Who knows? Yeah. I mean, maybe after could've... the podcast, there will be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> 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 right. So thank you as always to everyone listening. Let us know what pitch you think should have won by flying over to Sequel Pitch on Twitter and using hashtag Sequel Pitch Ross or Sequel Pitch Matt. You can find us on all the other socials and sequelpitch.co.uk. So we end with the goodbye section. Yay! Woo! Goodbye Bye. from our winner, Ross Armstrong. Oh, sorry, sorry. Bye. <sighs> we made it all the way without any mistakes. Yeah. Right, <laughs> goodbye from our second place winner, Matt Rushton. You got lucky that I'm still a winner. <laughs> Second place winner. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. See you later. Ciao. I can't do a call impression. So no, not me. Right. <laughs> Definitely not.